0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Health Law Talk presented by Shahardi Sherman-Williams. Before we get started, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube, linked in the description below. We hope you enjoy this episode.
1: And good morning, everyone. Uh, Shahardi Sherman-Williams here uh, in the studio, Conrad Meyer and Roy Bellina. Good Good morning. morning, everyone. How you doing, Roy? Doing well. Happy Friday. Happy. Well, yes, if you're listening to this, we are on a Friday, because we usually try to record on Friday mornings.
0: Right, right, and release it the following week. So. That's right,
1: that's right. So uh, it is a good Friday morning here in the CBD, uh, not the CBD, but the New Orleans in Metairie, Louisiana, overlooking the lake, the yep. foggy lake. So uh, I'm happy to be here. Me too, me too. Interesting this, topic today. Very interesting, um, one that you and I have talked about and I think is very prevalent today, social media. And specifically social media and healthcare, uh, the risks, the benefits, uh, some of the pitfalls uh, that that I think healthcare providers or even entities, companies face when engaging the public through social media outlets. Yep.
0: Yeah, I think that, like, everyone is aware of social media, the the benefits of it, the pros and cons. But when you bring it into the, the healthcare industry, there's a lot more... Things that practices need to consider, issues that they'll face. Obviously, there's benefits to it, but there could be some hurdles or things that they that they trip over. And so, we're here to talk about those today. Uh,
1: and today, I mean, you have to have it. I mean, right. if you're if you're a provider, uh, a practice, if you're uh, an entity, a hospital, doesn't matter. Sure. I mean, to 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 engage today, you you have to have some sort of social media.
0: And, and I think everyone is pretty much accustomed to that now. For uh, I want to say almost every industry, where if you get a referral or recommendation, whether it be for a roofer or somewhere to get your car repaired or hey, my back hurts, who do you who do y'all recommend I see? Oh, they're gonna say, let's go see Doctor Conrad. Well the first thing someone's probably gonna do is they're gonna Google you and they're gonna see, you know where is he? Where right. did he go to school? Does he have any reviews? Uh, are there any pictures of him? You know, and all that, is there social media pages? And all of that kind of lends into the decision you're going to make. I mean, for me personally, if I could find information on someone and I see, okay, they, they look relatable, they've got good reviews, they, you know, they have a, a website presence, I'm more likely to choose that person compared to someone who has nothing. And I don't know anything about them until they, they walk into the exam room.
1: And, and you make good points. So we're going to talk about that uh, a little bit about reviews and having that and, you know, what's a review and how is it really a review? Is it just, you know, somebody, a paid actor or is it a right. ghost review? Or is it truly someone who actually saw the, the doctor, for example, and made an accurate review of, of the professional medical services that provider rendered. Right. And so all those things are very important. I mean, and, and today, I mean, God, Roy, how much, I mean, how, can, how many social media outlets do we have? I mean, you know, Facebook, what YouTube, yep. what, what we got, um what LinkedIn?
0: LinkedIn's a big one. I there. know. There's some just for the medical profession. You know, Twitter.
1: Uh, Twitter. I mean, we've got Twitter.
0: Yep. You know? I mean, they're continuing to grow. Is and,
1: Instagram a social a social media? Yep. yep
0: that's under the Facebook umbra- umbrella. Umbrella.
1: TikTok. Okay. Would you consider TikTok?
0: A I, social? There's a lot of providers on TikTok. I know. Really? Yep.
1: Okay. No, I didn't know that. I yep. They're on about. there. Wow.
0: There's new, new, new social media avenues being invented all the time. And I think it's important for our providers and clients to consider, you know, should they be on it? Should they not be on it? You know, it, where do you cross the line between promoting your business and showing that you're relatable? And in the 21st century verse... Okay, this
1: is this is too much, and, and we need to pull it back. in. And, and see, this is such a big topic. Sure, it's a big topic because it's a big choice and a decision for uh, for a provider or an entity or facility to to or a system, right, to jump into the into the social media fray. Right. So, um, we're going to break this this whole podcast up into and maybe in maybe a, a couple of parts. Sure. Uh, you know, so so we'll talk about that uh, yeah. uh, in, in some future parts about how we break this down.
0: And I think that's a good way to start it because I'll get calls, and, and I'm sure you do as well, um, just the kind of generic one, or someone will call me and say, look, ooh, you know, XYZ Practice, we have a mm-hmm. website with our, you know, you know who the doctors are, what the office looks like, contact information, insur- insurance we take, that kind of thing. But, you know, should we get a Facebook page? Should we post pictures on Instagram? So, you know those initial questions that, that I receive kind of starts the conversation with the client or the practice on, you know, all right, let's talk about this. Let's let's talk about what kind of practice you are, what kind of patients you're seeing, you know, what. and then once they make the decision, okay, we're going to do this, well, who's going to have control over it? Is there going to be some sort of sign-off where you have a medical director or someone in charge of your social media making sure you're not getting a, the face of a patient in the background that didn't consent to being on these pages. I mean, there's there's so many things that, that kind of go into this. It's really important for practices, if they haven't already, to kind of make a really good outline or a policy when they get started. You know, here's the app, here's the social media networks we're going to be on and, and how we're going to proceed proceed with that. So, what are some of the you know, let's say we get the the, the walk through the example of a practice that wants to have a Facebook or an Instagram page. Instagram is predominantly pictures. Facebook is obviously pictures and and text. You know what's something that you typically tell people when they when they start off on kind of the, the big do's and don'ts of posting things um, online to the general public where you don't have a true. Provider patient relationship.
1: Well, I guess the the first thing that we're thinking about what what are the benefits, right? What, right. What are the benefits? What, what are you trying to get out to patients, to the public at large? What are you trying to do? So we there's so many things that you can do um, from just general networking, right? right.
0: And I think that's what it is. It's networking. I think it's well, e-
1: it is it, it is networking, but it could be more, a lot more than that too. Education, right? You can educate patients on certain procedures, certain diseases, certain like yep. for COVID even. Sure. right I mean, how, sure. many, how many websites have you walked and seen COVID on every healthcare website? Right.
0: Or I think patients like to see, oh, this is what this is what this procedure looks like, or here's here's a doctor doing a thirty second video on you know explaining this. I think there's you're right. I think that's a good question to ask. What are going to be the benefits, what do you plan to use this for?
1: And and I think in addition, I mean, I think every organization or every provider wants to promote themselves. Correct. They all want to get out there and they want to get penetration in the market to, and, and one of the ways today, like you correctly mentioned, is the digital presence. Right. So uh, that can deal about how they handle patient care. Right. That could be uh, patient education on certain things. It could be public health programs. It could be a lot of different things. Um and so that was I would I would frame the question is what do you want to do like in, in your when your vision right with with within the mission and vision of your of your company your right. entity what is it that you want to do, and yeah. start the ball rolling there
0: yeah and and I think most the the most popular answer that I've received or that you know you would hear is that people want to show patients and, and promote their business you know what right. what their clinic looks like what the operating room looks like or kind of you know here's a little snippet of what this procedure looks like so i think it's it's education and honestly i think a lot of them are going to say oh well my competitor abc is doing this and i want to do it too yeah and so that's when we go into the aspect of of all right well let's look at that and let's see you know are they doing it correctly? should they be doing it if they, you know, if they shouldn't be, we'll tell you what you what you should do or shouldn't do, and, and go from there.
1: Well, you just don't want to fly off, you know, just do some sort of knee jerk reaction and sure. have someone in your organization just throw up a Facebook page or a sure. Twitter account. I think it needs to be a directed, calculated, uh, formal approach, right. So that everyone in the organization knows what's going on. This is where the policy comes in, and having someone
0: really in charge to kind of. Review everything before you hit publish or before you that's send a great, it. That's out a there. great idea. I mean, yeah. just
1: the, a point person that's in charge, maybe it's a marketing person or sure. someone else that's in charge of those accounts so that you don't have, you know, mm-hmm. Sweet Sue Nurse or, you know, Dr. John Smith or whoever, Administrator John Doe, right. just, you know, haphazardly getting on the Facebook site and just posting something willy nilly. And that kind of lends
0: to typically where the, the conversation goes next when we say, okay, we're going to do this. You're going to make a Facebook or an Instagram page for your practice. Now we need to talk about PHI and what you can and can't post. And it's very important that whoever's in charge knows the difference between, you know, what's protected information, what's not. And I think True. that and, and I think that is something where you have to go into examples and, and discuss, okay, you know, are we going to get patient consents to be posted and, and you know being very careful when you take a picture? Is a medical record in the background? Is the is a is the computer screen readable in the background? Right. Are, are are there patient files on the shelf that you could see? Those are some things that you don't think about, but but we, I think we all know this. There's there's people online that will not hesitate if they see a picture on Instagram of you. Let, let let's say an example of a doctor sitting behind his desk in his office and he's explaining what a knee scope procedure entails someone might take that picture and you know, zoom in as much as possible and see, oh, look, there's Roy Bellina. He must be a patient over there. Well, technically, that's a reach right there because no one knew that I was a patient of this doctor, but he posted a picture of my medical record or at least the outside of it on social media without my permission.
1: True. And, and, and let me tell you something. You'd be amazed. You'd be amazed at the amount of people in healthcare, sure. even that that really don't follow, I would think, not only HIPAA guidelines, but it's common sense. Right, right. You know, and I'll give you an example. Um, I mean, years ago, this is years ago, uh, but uh, there were some nurses that were, you know, uh, brought up uh, uh, for photographing pictures Mm -hmm. of patients uh, in the ER. I think I do
0: remember this, when they were unconscious. They
1: were unconscious. Mm -hmm. And and it it was on the news. It was all over the news. And you think to yourself, you know, how in the world could someone do that? Right. Like, if you're a nurse and this patient is in his most him, him his his or her most vulnerable state, right. and they posted a picture of someone, and then arguably made fun of that person, right, uh, you almost like that be that goes beyond all common sense. But the sad thing is, it happens. Yeah. Yep, it happens, and it happens a lot more along those lines. People just do it because they they think it's funny. It does. They don't. They don't realize the consequences. I can tell you right now. I, um, I, I know the nursing board got involved. None. I, I can't imagine any of those nurses would be laughing when the board got involved.
0: Right. No. And I think that that's another kind of pivot to this. Right. Is we talked about a practice starting and having social media pages, but I think it's also important for practices to have a policy in place for their employees when they're on site. You know, it, are you going to allow your, your nursing staff or your administrative staff to make a TikTok while they're at the office? Or, and, that, and that could be in the form
1: or, of a mobile, mobile phone policy.
0: Yeah. And I think those are very important because like you said, the, the person, the, the, it, it could be whoever it may be, but that person could take a photo or make a video not really realize what's going on, and in the background uh, is the huge metal filing cabinets of all the patient records, or their computer screens unlocked, and there's a there's a medical note popped right. up, and those are things that you don't think about, but someone's going to freeze that video and be curious and zoom in and say, "Oh look, Rory Belina was in there today for this test right. or this exam or or whatever it may be," and post that online or or you know say. Hey look Rory you your your information's in the background on this and tag me in the picture
1: something like that. So and I agree with that. So that 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 comes to the next point of formulating sort of your practices and the facility's social media policy. And what that entails, uh, not just the site, right. right? But your mobile phone policy, maybe right. your iPad or laptop, whatever computer you're using, policy, sure. right? Within your group practice, your solo practice, your entity, your facility, whatever it is, sure, that that needs to be in consideration, uh, so that you don't have those kinds of issues, and you can, and you're not going to have someone raise their hand and say, "Well, I just didn't know."
0: Right, right. And I think the big thing is is having controls limiting who is allowed to post on behalf of the practice or the entity you know really really having controls on that to make sure that it, it's not your response i and mean you're not, so, so yeah. if someone
1: responds to something on a post right there's got to be who responds to that 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 comment or that issue if the response is required
0: and i think that's another topic that we should definitely discuss is let's talk about responses and online reviews because mm-hmm. i know that i've received phone calls and i'm sure you have I as have. well and it's 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 tough, but you you get a phone call from a practice saying, hey, um, I've got this patient, Conrad Meyer, who just left a nasty Google review one star for me, said I did a terrible job on this knee scope of his, and it's bringing down my Google ratings, and it's right at the top now, and other people are commenting about it, and I think I did a great job, and my notes are completely contradicting what he's saying. I want to go defend myself. I want to post pictures of the x-ray show and it was a perfect scope and, and I want to
1: respond back to this you know, what do you tell that provider? Well the first, the first question is is you know take a breath you know let's, absolutely let, let's see I know this is disparaging. I get it. I understand your problem. Uh, the first thing we want to look at is the post that was put on whatever review, health grades, Google doesn't sure. matter, Facebook, Twitter is it factually accurate? Right you know because then we're talking about defamation. Right, and we're talking about you know because if you're going to pursue this, then we need to show that this is a defamatory statement. Right, right, and uh, and so that's that's the first thing. And let's
0: say it's a gray post. Let's for for this conversation. Let's just say it says, um, you know, Doctor Conrad or, or you know, Doctor So and So has bad bedside manner. They were rude, and I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Kind of something that's very. Subjective, you know how do you how do you advise someone if they get a very subjective
1: post? To that's, that's a really good question, and it's something that. that happens a lot. I think so too. Uh, and the answer is is my my first suggestion if it's not if it's sort of that gray area, like you just mentioned, so that of this innocuous post of sure. the, the doctor really just was rude to me. Right. And I just don't like him like an opinion post. Right. Uh, you know, the first thing I would say is have you, have you talked to the patient?
0: Absolutely. That I was, I was about to cut you off because that was going to be the <laughs> first thing. <laughs> the
1: first thing that, that I, I said is, right. is,
0: first of all, what really happened? And have you talked to the
1: patient, reach out to the patient and, and do so in a very professional manner? Because a lot of times, and I, and I, and I teach this, uh, to the residents at you know here at LSU and Tulane when I do the Med Mouse seminar uh, with them and and basically uh, the, the largest complaint that I see in professional liability cases and even to your point on the gray area response mm-hmm. of a, he was rude is that patients who have bad experiences normally it's all about communication or the right. lack of communication between the provider and the patient right.
0: Right. And so, you know, there's that lack of communication. And I think that that's the part that, like you said, upsets a patient enough to where I think the patient's instant response is, well, what can I do to get back at this person? Or how can I make an impact? So I'm going to go post something negative online about them. And there's kind of no recourse or no repercussions. So, you know, I get that phone call. and, And like you said, the first thing is, you know, what happened and have you talked to the patient? Sometimes a phone call to, hey, listen, Conrad, I saw that you posted this on Google. Um, I just want to talk about it. You know, I was really behind that day on notes or I was preoccupied with this. Just a simple apology. And that might be enough for where they say, you know, thank you for calling. I'm going to go take the post down. I'm glad we could work this out. I was just really upset in the moment and I just. Kind of fired it away when I was walking to my car from my phone.
1: See, I think I think patients need to see that from doctors. Absolutely, and, and they don't see it enough. I think I think when you look at the personalities and the, the education, the time these physicians spend uh, g- attaining their degree, uh, residency, fellowship, specialty. I mean, when you look at all that, uh, there's there's sometimes a lot of times a disconnect. Sure. And so what I tell the residents, and they're uh, under so much pressure oh, to are. get in
0: and get out and have that patient encounter in six minutes and thirteen seconds, or else they're going to be behind their whole day and they're not meeting their numbers.
1: Totally understand that, and I and I and I get that. Uh, the the issue, what I tell the residents, and I think it's a really good thing is imagine the patient was a family member. Sure, your mom, your dad, your wife, your spouse, your kids, your grandparents, whatever, whatever. Fa- remember a family member. And if that patient is a family member, what would you want them to know? Mm-hmm. You know? Compared because to. Compared to just somebody who just you don't even know. Right. right. So, so, and then I could tell you a lot of times they'll switch back and they'll say, you know, that, that perspective changes things for me. Because I know if it was my family member, I'd spend a lot more time. I would go into a lot more detail or I'd change, uh, change things. Uh, that's one thing to do. And then the other thing is uh, t- I tell them just talk. On the level. In other words, um, we always hear, you know, legalese, right? Don't be legalese. Talk to us straight. So when I tell physicians, I say, look, cut through the medical jargon and talk to them straight. Talk to them straight. Say, here, here, hey, here's what's going to happen, guys. Right. Here's what's going on. And so I think when people feel the connection, and the building of rapport, right? Not this, like you mentioned, this sort of drive-through healthcare mentality. Sure, get them in, get them out quick, you know.
0: And I think one thing, I that, think it helps that, that that's tough for physicians or you know various providers is a lot of times they're just afraid to apologize. They're afraid if I say, "Look, I had a terrible day," or "Or look, I messed this up. I should have given you. We should have handled it this way." They're they're terrified well, of well, the M word, of the malpractice that's word.
1: That's defensive medicine. They don't want to do that, right? Because then all of a sudden they feel like they've opened the door.
0: Yeah, and oh, he said uh, he said he's sorry he messed up, and maybe the patient's recording that in his pocket, and is he going to bring that to his attorney. That that puts up this wall between you know patients, and, and that could lead to some of these these negative reviews or these issues.
1: So true, but th- I will tell you this: Louisiana, for example, has the I'm Sorry Law, and and basically uh, it allows providers to f- you know send. Uh, uh, either verbally or in writing, remorse or humility, you know, and, and if, say there was an adverse outcome, they can do that. And that expression of remorse or I'm sorry, or I apologize, this this, this, this didn't go the way we planned, that confession or apology, whatever you want to call it, right. uh, is not admissible in a civil action. Okay, so so I, and I tell them that so that way, you feel free to do that. Sure. That should cut the tie that sure. you think it's defensive and you have to protect yourself. Sure, and I, we're not the only state that does that. That they have many states that have. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, litigate. Uh, sorry, laws in it. Right. Uh, to allow the transparency and let providers make that 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 expression sure. of remorse to patients.
0: So let's take another step further. We've got a patient who leaves kind of that 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 subjective review of you know dr conrad wasn't nice to me or he messed this up you know and the doctor really wants to defend himself you know and, and we talked about talking to the right. patient talking to the patient didn't work or, or that that's you know it's not a viable option for sure. whatever reason it may be so you know what are some options you know i definitely don't want the doctor going on facebook or social media and saying you know Noah did that procedure correct, and here's why he's wrong, you know, for a myriad of reasons. But, you know, what are some things that, that <laughs> you've seen where you see these online reviews and, and the best practice for kind of responding to them or various social media?
1: Okay, so – and I've run across this uh, numerous times. So this is this is the problem. Um, the first thing you have to look at, and and how many of us have done this, is look at the terms of service. Right. And so you go to Facebook, Twitter, and you look at the terms of service, which, I mean, how, how often have you actually read, Rory, in any app, anything, where they have the sure. TOS, that long document sure. that comes out, how, how many times you all just scroll down and hit agree when you haven't read this massive legal contract?
0: Right. Uh, hardly ever.
1: Right. So right. nobody has a clue what that is. So, so in other words, there might be some method in the terms of service that would allow someone to contact a social media company right. and say, look, under the terms of service, this post is not accurate. Right. And it is disparaging, and we're going to ask you to remove it. So if the patient doesn't remove it for whatever reason, maybe there's something in the terms of service, a TOS. that might be a violation that the social media uh, company would remove it, or you can ask them to remove it, maybe by providing information that shows the post is inaccurate or incorrect.
0: But are you allowed to do that?
1: Well, I I think it depends on what what you're able to do. In other words, you can't submit PHI. Right. Right? So you have to be very careful in how you craft if you're going to take that route, what you're going to say, how you're going to say it, because you don't want to inadvertently release right the phi and i think what you're
0: discussing is what most people know is you know reporting a post so i report right. this post as spam or phishing or inaccurate or but
1: if you have read the tls now there's something in there that can help you i think it's best to sure. use that in the reporting of misinformation sure.
0: so what about the practice that you know has these various social media pages and you think a competitor or some sort of bot is out there trying to just plummet their page leave as many one-star google reviews as they can or post comments and you know it's not a real patient it's an account that was created minutes ago you know i think that that's becoming a problem um for different providers i know it's, it's i know it's an issue it's a little bit in the legal world at least it's been here recently right where you've got competitors that are trying to drive down really your, your page on a search result if you're searching for orthopedic surgeon in new orleans and you know conrad you want to be at the top of that but if right. you've got if you've got a lot of issues going on or you know someone could go in there and leave as many negative views as possible so your ranking is going to be low on whatever site you're using to to search and sort by highest to rate of, high, highest to lowest doctor
1: now interestingly they have services out there that verify uh, reviewers in other words these ghost reviews sure. or these um, these these negative ghost reviews where they're gaslighting somebody um, you know there there are companies out there that that help with verifying sure. whether or not that it's an accurate real-life person uh, how they do that, I don't know right uh, but i i've I've read about them, I've seen them, and I haven't utilized them so uh interestingly though, if you can show i mean I guess this is a really interesting situation where you can go to the um to the social media outlet and ask that the post be removed because it is it is basically a ghost review, right or you know, and ask them to investigate investigate this to see if it's an actual real profile maybe someone just created a fake profile and is right. doing exactly what you're saying
0: yeah and I, and I think the kind of the overall theme or discussion that we've that we've come to is it's really important for practices to have policies and procedures in place i know they they probably don't want to hear that and that's that's boring and they're thinking oh well you know the the lawyers are just kind of looking to, to give us more red tape or, or more work to do but it's really important, I think, to protect the practice in the long run. And if they have a set of rules that show, okay, we're gonna we're gonna post videos on Facebook, but we're gonna check these things: the computers in the background are locked, the filing cabinets are closed. There's That's from no, a
1: HIPAA standpoint. So there's we're no patients right. in the we're hallway. Like, that.
0: there's reasons why we're putting these in place. And I know it's a pain, but it's really important because you don't want to get that get that phone call from OCR saying, hey, you know, we've got a complaint because. Uh, Conrad, there, there's a video on your Facebook page, and it shows Conrad leaving an exam room, and he didn't want anybody to know that he was there. Something as innocuous as that, you know, could could cause issues for your practice. So having these kind of boundaries in place, I think is 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 the advice that I always like to give practices. What
1: about content? Okay, that's that's the yeah. next. That's not not just I'm not talking about PHI, Rory. Right. I'm not talking about you know in, information about a patient. I'm talking about just general content.
0: Well, so in other you're words, the malpractice expert. Let's talk about <laughs> let's let's talk about that. Well, let's let me say. Well, let me
1: ask you this. Say okay. the content, I mean, let me throw the ball in your court for a second. Let me okay. see what you think about this. So, if the content, for example, is offensive, yep, could be characterized as uh, discriminatory, uh, racist, or whatever. That uh, the content itself offend someone? How do you how do you talk to providers about that? Have you ever had that question come up to you before? I've had it
0: come up to me before on the aspect of employees, and I think it. I think uh, I'm I'm you know I would venture to say most businesses have run across this before. I've had it come up to me before where um, I've received a call from a practice administrator who said. One of my employees uh, made essentially like a a selfie video like themselves, like essentially a I think it was a TikTok of them um, saying some very offensive things, and they happened to be wearing the scrubs from work that day, and it had our very distinguishable logo and and our entity name on the scrubs in the video that she's making that was very – the video was just discriminatory. Now, it was on her – Page or private page, so only her friends could see it. But of course, one of her friends also works here and shared it with me. And so, you know, we had to look at that. And, and you, you skate this line between: okay, are we going to talk about First Amendment freedom of speech versus you're an employee and you're wearing your company's clothes? You know, are, are you doing this even if you're not doing it on company time? Just the kind of what you we talked about earlier in the show. Just the common sense of you're a reputation of the company that you work for. I know this was instilled on me at, at yes. the high school I went yeah. to. I know it was instilled on you at the high school that you went to. Right. If you're in that uniform, you better be sure to act correct because there's no telling who's around you, and you, you, you're, you're you're an extension of that entity. And right. so I think that's the the, the issue that comes into effect. And, and ultimately, they um, reprimanded this employee, put it in her note, and explained to her, Look, if you're going to do this kind of stuff, you know, it's hard to regulate that with with the whole freedom of speech issue that that comes into it. But you can't be doing it wearing our scrubs. And you can't be – please hone this in because you're you're getting really close to doing something. and, And it ended up having this practice rewrite their policies and procedures and add a little bit more teeth to it to where if something like this happened outside the scope of their work, that they were able. That was now a fireable offense.
1: Well, let me ask you this. I mean, you've seen this in employee handbooks, and and you've seen this in employment agreements. I'm sure. Yes. Even independent contractor agreements, a termination provision that basically says you will be terminated for cause should you uh, violate any policy or procedure, or uh, you know. Uh, anything that in our moral turpitude or moral indignity or sure and and that's so broad it is
0: and it's it's good and bad when it's broad right and in in our case in this instance the the our client the the
1: the practice is is that a terminable offense
0: I think I think you can a pr- make the on argument on that a it's
1: private t- side. So in other words, not not, not a federal, not a, not a state, or federal sure. employee. I'm a private employer. I have a contract with an employee, and in that contract, it says I can terminate for cause. Should you uh, do anything that would be considered, you know, morally wrong? Sure, anything like that, some very broad like that. What do you think?
0: I think it depends on, and I know the non-attorneys are going to hate to hear this. I think it depends on the situation and the circumstances that are involved. In the one that I'm talking about. What she was saying, yes. I think if you she would not want that to be put in front of a judge or obviously a jury or in any sort of discovery, this video that she made. I think that it's it's on a case by case basis. So I think you really have to evaluate it. You've got to look at the character of the employee, you know, kinda of look at the totality of it and and really decide, okay, are we gonna give her a warning and a little bit of education and say if you do this again you're gone or make it immediately? What she said was was not appropriate. Um, they decided to give her give her another chance at this point, but but add more teeth to their policies and procedures. And they added in there a whole. We worked with them on adding in there a whole social media thing. Saying, "Look, even if you do this on your on your public time, if you do it in social media, and I think this kind of loops back to our overall theme today is." You know, I would make the argument that social media is really not private. I mean, it's available to everybody pretty much unless you've got it really locked down. And so we added in there some provisions saying if you do something that's on social media and we find out about it, that's fair game. That's almost as if you did it when you were in the building.
1: No, I agree. And one thing, interestingly, uh, when I talk to uh, residents, Right. Mm-hmm. And I talked to them about, you know, they're about to they're about to leave residency and enter uh, the real world. Sure. And uh, and even young lawyers, because, you know, when I teach at law school, I mean, I, I or, you know, whatever I, I talk. This is the same is a similar path I'm, I'm going here. And it's this it's you are now watched like. Big brother. I mean, everyone. If you if you look at me and tell me that no hospital or no group practice or no law firm or whatever business you're going into uh, that they don't do social media investigations on you before they hire you, you're dead wrong. Absolutely. So if you're out there right on Bourbon Street. You know, you know, flagellate, you know, whatever you're doing. Yeah. That, you know, on, on top of the cat's meow deck and doing whatever you're doing uh, you know, and, and having fun and maybe getting a little loosey goosey. Yeah. But yet you're applying to a place that, you know, uh, uh, has a uh, no alcohol policy, right. and a very, very religious area that might find that very offensive. You might not get hired. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And you have to be prepared for that. For them to find that kind of stuff.
1: Remember the doctor that got stuck in the, uh, was it the Uber driver in Florida or New York or someplace? I can't remember. Yes, I remember remember that? that? It made national news. Yes, She got out screaming, yelling, and yep. all acted. You know, I, I mean, yep. I, I thought, and maybe you know, I don't know, but I, I have to assume that affected her professional career.
0: You know, th- th- what's interesting that you brought up about the residents leaving school is mm-hmm. I've seen for the first time on this side, I was representing an employee and in her employment application there was a section where she had to fill in her facebook handle her instagram handle her twitter handle they wanted to know all of it and it was basically like the the, it was kind of in that beginning section what's your name your address your social they wanted to know all that and that was part of their application because they're going to go check that stuff and they want to see what's on there because you're an extension of that entity
1: so i know i've heard of people who go and now they make the their their their, their incognito profile sure sure right. they'll change their names change or put their, their middle name
0: or, name or, or something like or I not mean, even
1: something totally different sure
0: well, until they're credentialed Then they're in and then they're fine with that you know one thing i want to do briefly <laughs> is um i want to throw it back to you you talked about content and, and right. since you're the, the malpractice expert i want to a- ask you about that so You know, have you heard any concerns or let's say a doctor, you know, says, hey, I want to post a little video of what it would look like to do this procedure or talk about this procedure. You know, are there concerns for them posting that online or showing because then is someone going to find that video or or is it going to come up in a deposition and say, well, Dr. Conrad on Facebook, you said you would have used This scalpel and this screw and this and this retractor, but in your notes on the surgery on Mister Bellina, you didn't do that. So why didn't you? You said on Facebook that this was the best practice, and you didn't do it for him. I mean, what are the concerns with kind of putting? Because that video is going to live out there forever. It will. What are the concerns with having very technical? procedures or medical answers I, I know I know I see it very limited but I kind of think that doctors are a little bit timid or afraid to give medical advice. On social media, because it's going to come back and bite
1: them in a malpractice issue if they go against it ten years down the road. Well, every every malpractice case we do a social media investigation. Okay, you know, it just depends, sure. uh, especially on the experts on the other side, since I do defense work. Um, but to answer the question, there if you go on YouTube today, there are hundreds and thousands right. of videos of procedures. So, so to the first part, do, can you put a video of a procedure online? It's already there. Right. So the, the so. Uh, usually, uh, those physicians require the patients to sign releases of right. information so they can post their the videos. So uh, that's not uncommon. Okay. Uh, to your point about Mr. Bellina's surgery, right? Your you know hypothetical surgery right. where right. I went. The, the, the issue, the way I would respond to that, I say it depends because if that video was made maybe two or three years ago, maybe there are better screws now. Maybe there are better th- okay. techniques. Maybe there are better point. tools. So so it depends on the date. So in other words, if the nexus of your surgery is close to that... Close proximity to Mm -hmm. the date of that video. Sure, I think you have a better argument to say. Well, wait a minute. Your video was three or four months, five, six months ago, and you said this was the screws we need. This is the way to do it. Right. Yet it just never happened. Whereas if it's three, four, five, six years from now, I think you can you can arguably say, well, wait a minute. Medicine changes so fast. You know, now instead of you know regular stainless steel screws, we have you know titanium screws. We got this. We got all new equipment. So I think you have to put it in context. Based sure. on the date of the video, and, and 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 I want to tell you this: each patient is different. You know, if if every patient was the same, if every uh you know thing was the same, sure. You know, medicine is not like that. Medicine is an art. Why? Because everything changes into so many variables. Sure. So I don't think you can cookie cut things and say, hey, every time this happens, you're going to do X. I think you can do it in some areas. Sure. But I think there, there needs to be some variables and I would argue the variable.
0: and that's a good point because I've seen and I've had it sent to me before a simple video that someone it was it's coming to mind now it was a practice where they wanted to post a video of just how to do a simple splint if you're out hiking and you, right. you sprain your ankle, how to do it um, and, and they made the video and they had posted it. And they had posted it and it had gotten reshared to like an uh, like an outdoor hiking type oh, uh, so social it social media. Like right. yeah, it, it was it it was really good for the practice. It got a great exposure. However, in the comments, people start making no, that's incorrect. It's too tight here. It, it's too tight there. You know, those are some of the pitfalls that I think practices will see because then you have the doctor worried, well, am I giving medical advice? Is this considered medical advice? Well, Is there any patient right, relationship? Right, All right. these questions come up, you know, do I have a liability concern? You know, what do you say to someone like that? That just wants to make an informative video posted online, but you're
1: concerned about people nitpicking you or, or something so like I, that. I get this question a lot about blogs Right. Sure. V-blogs, regular blogs, yep. uh, and even social media policy. So, so you know, one thing we, we put on uh, is a disclaimer. Okay. They, this is not a uh, physician-patient relationship. This right. is just educational. Uh, it's not advice that, you know, uh, it's not advice directed to one patient. So there, there's no physician-patient relationship. There's been no review of systems, no history, no physical, whatever it is. Right. So we don't do that. Okay. We put a disclaimer on there. But then also, I think, in the video, the... the, the, the uh, Provider can say that, hey, look, this is not, uh, this is not uh, establishing a physician-patient relationship. Right. This is for educational purposes only. Okay, and you know, state that on the video or have the disclaimer in the video, and that's it. I think you're fine.
0: So I think the overall, I think the overall kind of theme that that we've reached today is. It's okay to have social media pages. It's okay to post content. I think
1: it's a necessity. I, th- I think so. I, I, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's just okay. I think you have to do it
0: in this competitive market where you there's know, no the, choice. The big thing right now is choice. And I know we've talked about it before when we have an upcoming episode talking about price transparency, especially in 2022 when a lot of these new changes go into effect. Right. Everyone wants to compare everyone. And, if you have four and a half stars and the other doctor has four stars and y'all are pretty close in price or proximity to where i am you know i think that the social media aspect is just like you said it's almost required now
1: the problem is though and i will tell you this and i know we kind of have to wrap up but i want to tell you this when you have uh health grades or any kind of review site doesn't matter what it is sure i mean the one i see all the time is health grades Um, and it could be – I know they have a lot more. It's not just that. You have to ask yourself, you know, how are the reviews being received? How are they actually calculated? And it's hard because, for example, medical malpractice suits are public, but peer review data Mm -hmm. on every provider in the country is confidential. So, in other words, you might have a patient who literally has a great – patient experience oh i think this doctor's nice and sweet oh he's great or she's great and they're giving him positive positive reviews and people are relying on that right comma but that doctor might have 10 malpractice suits right and or be reported for suspension and nobody would ever know that
0: that's a great point Really Nobody is. would know that. And so, so many people are relying on those those so, stars right, on Google. Right. Or so, so
1: do we have some detrimental reliance going on here or some misplaced reliance? And so the public needs to understand that.
0: That's a really good point.
1: You know, so uh, I mean, that's that. I think that's something we're going to talk about in another yes. podcast yep. on peer review and, and review sites and, 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 right. and social media, uh, because well, I think that's going to be an episode in and of itself.
0: And like you said, at this point, I'll, I'll agree with you on that it's a it's almost a requirement that if yes. your practice wants to continue growing and kind of keep up with the current trends you've got to have the pages kind of my take home advice is kind of ha- you need to have a guard keeper you need to have some policies in place to make sure that before the post is made And it's everyone checked. needs
1: to know about it
0: right exactly and then i think you and then secondly um, i would advise all practices to have some sort of social media policy in place for their employees, so those issues don't the don't go on when the employee is on their lunch break wearing their scrubs or
1: on their way home posting a, a video. Spot question. Oh boy. Ready? You're a physician, you you have a physician client call you and say, Oh, by the way, on my Facebook page, one of my patients just friend of me. Do I accept yes or no? Haha. Uh <laughs> I got you see. You know, I, I Yes I, or no? Do you would you recommend that they friend the patient?
0: You know, I don't have, I I honestly, I don't have that much of an issue with it. If the, if the patient's requesting to be the friend of the provider, I don't have a huge issue with it. Now you get into that lines of, you know, as the physicians aren't supposed to date their patients and that's, that's kind of more of a state issue or state by state issue. Um, I'm not, I don't have a huge issue with it, comma, but. It's going to come into play of is is this patient going to find out things about you or see things or, or posts that you make that you know is it going to taint this you, you provider and I you, well, relationship I agree, you
1: and I would differ on this I would say absolutely not okay no way okay you know if you want to if you want to friend now, someone it depends if you would friend the if you want to friend someone friend the group practice
0: let me backtrack a second are you friends with this patient or is it just because you saw them one time for a okay, a, a, well, maybe, a toenail maybe, or something maybe
1: I'm, i should add more facts okay. to this okay so you don't know the patient you were you didn't go to high school college sure. you, you don't run in the same crowds literally the only connection you have with the patient is that they came to see you for professional medical services
0: yeah so all right. Well, I'm going to go back on my answer under those facts and say I think you, that – you want to
1: reset. Yeah, I want
0: to. I want, we're going to scrub this and and uh, I'm going to we'll re-record my answer this way. I think it's I think that in that situation I would say no is probably right. not because. You're not. It.
1: You're opening yourself up.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. And now, if it's something different, where is it? like you, like you mentioned, it's a friend, or you've been going and seeing this guy for five years, and you've got common interests. I think that's okay because that's really more of a friend in the true sense, a friend request. But
1: one, well, let me ask you this: one thing that I've told doctors to do, and I don't know if you've done this, so that's how doctors make a professional Facebook page. Yeah, yeah. And have your personal Facebook yeah. page. Yeah. So if they want to follow you professionally, I don't have a problem with that. Sure. However, on your personal Facebook page, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. Or or the group practice. And and I
0: think it becomes hard. All right, well, I'm going to give you an on-the-spot question. What do you do if, you know, you're already friends with the person, and then they switch over to come see you now? Are you going to go de-friend them? No. No, I'm not going to do
1: that. Why? Because I had a previous existing relationship with them prior to me seeing them in a professional capacity. So uh, I I think that changes the fact scenario. If I know someone, was friends with someone, had a friendship with them, Uh, Prior to me seeing them professionally, uh, then I don't think it's a problem. Sure. I mean, I got plenty of friends on my Facebook page that are doctors that I've seen. Right. You know, so I don't don't see that it's an issue. Okay. Well,
0: Well, overall, I think that the, the, the takeaway is having a plan in place, having that gatekeeper. You've got to have the pages now, but. There are some hiccups and some missteps that that you can make. It's really important to just just keep all those in mind. And if you have questions, I know I've done them before. I know you've done them. I, we've got the policies and procedures to kind of help based on based on your practice.
1: So. I, I agree. I agree. And look, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. We're gonna be uh, doing a few more parts to this type of uh, topic on our podcast and subsequent podcasts. We're going to be talking about uh, maybe some in-depth details on the policies. We're going to go into defamation cases, uh, looking at how to respond. Peer review. Absolutely talk about peer review. So we hope all of you stick around for those episodes coming up shortly. We thank you very much for joining us this morning on our podcast here at CSW. We look forward to having uh, you back for future podcasts. Please make sure you hit the subscribe button and email. Rory, what's your email? R. Bellina at shahari.com and cm at Shahardi.com. we look forward to hearing from you soon thank you and have a great weekend folks
0: thank you for listening to health law talk presented by shahari sherman williams for more information or to contact us please visit our website linked in the description below also please be sure to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on facebook twitter linkedin and youtube linked in the description below